Hey everybody, welcome to Tech Thoughts, a show about tech advice, a short how-to, and why you should care. This is episode four, and I managed to actually not say that with a question mark after it this time. Oh, that's a shame. Also, I'm Jade. I'm the smart one, right? And I'm Art. I'm the cute one. Oh, you're so cute today. Disclaimer, we are both smart and cute. Uh, yeah, so after many uh, false starts and uh, false stops, uh, we're finally at episode four, and uh, knock on wood... This should maybe be uh, the first episode that we don't actually have to break into a two-parter or come up with some other excuse uh, to uh, delay uh, giving you all of the information <laughs> at once. No, no, none of that today. Um, we're going to get around to talking about uh, two-factor authentication and password managers. But first, obviously, we have to plug our after show. Uh, if you do like us and you do want to keep up with us uh, when we're not on the podcast, uh, we are live every Friday at 7.30 p.m. at Tech Thoughts Podcast on Instagram. Uh, EST or, e- or ET. Eastern time. I, we should. I, I always forget. I always forget the time zones exist. I know. That's why. That's why I started putting it on the on the on the Instagram cards because I started that's to feel fair. real bad just being like 7:30 p.m. Figure it out. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> in your in your time zone, we're gonna premiere it for, on, like perfectly. Don't worry about it. Um. Or if you're interested in what we're talking about and you want to see a list of our sources um, and a more detailed description, you can go on our website, which is Jade. It is Breadnet dot xyz slash podcast it's long and annoying but the way you spell it is b-r-e-a-d-n-e-t dot xyz slash nope just to type podcast (laughs) um so yeah we hope to see you guys there uh and like i said the topic of the day is two-factor authentication and password managers so i mean let's start with the passwords thing passwords we all use them. You need them for literally any account that you've ever held on the internet ever. Um, uh, and that's the thing, because you need them for every account you've ever held on the internet ever. Uh, which means that a lot of people I know can get like really lazy when it comes to passwords. Um, and there are obviously like the jokes about like people who have like their password set as password or their like their iPhone passcode is like zero 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 and all of those things. Um, but I think that like. Even breaking away from just, like, that, like, level of simplicity, there's also just the people who get lazy and use the same password for every single website. Um, and, you know, there are just, people like that, uh, from just, just, just generally speaking. So, uh, Jade, why is that a bad idea? <laughs> so, um, I think it's fairly obvious why you wouldn't want to use the same password on every service. If someone figures out one of them, they figured out all of them, because... More likely than not, you have, what, one email address attached to your entire life on the internet? I have four, actually. Thank you very much. Okay, I didn't mean you in particular, love. (laughs) Regardless of how many email addresses you have, using the same password on things is just inviting someone into everything when they inevitably get your password. Um, And you may be thinking, hey, if I have a really- Did you say the word inevitably? Yes. Okay, go on. What? What's wrong with inevitably? The idea that somebody is inevitably going to get your password. Like, like you will, your password will be, be found out at some point and you will be screwed. Well, actually, it is fairly likely. There's this website called HaveIBeenPwned.com that will show you just how many people have had their information leaked. Um, have you ever used LinkedIn? Because guess what? It's in there. Oof. 
Yes. Um, to be fair, it's not exactly your password that got leaked, but we'll get to that later. Right now, we're talking about the importance of a... Right now, we're talking about the importance of a nice, complicated password. Well, well websites do the thing where they, they, they tell you, like, you have to make a, a strong password, and they give you all of these, like, criteria for making a strong password, where it's, like, you have to use, like, one capital letter and one lowercase letter and one number and, like, a special... A bunch of websites are doing it now where, like, you're required to use a special character in your passwords, too, on top of that, so, like, you have to use, like, an exclamation point or something. Um, which, is, which is actually, I think, one of the reasons that so many people actually get frustrated with passwords is because, like, I can't keep all the password requirements of all these different websites straight, and they don't tell me when I'm going to sign in, so I'm just going to use, like, as close to the same password as I can get for everything so that I don't have to remember it all. Um, which, again, I'm not saying is, like, I at no point, just to make it clear, I'm doing the thing I do on the show where I, I, I explain sort of, like, what the average person is probably thinking and what, what, what kind of mentality goes into doing these things. Uh, I'm not defending it because... It's like as we've as we just went over, it's a bad idea, and we're probably going to go over about how it's an even worse idea, aren't we? Yes. So yeah. Um, even back in 2012, a a consumer such as you and me could buy enough video card hardware, um, so um to create a password cracker, um, meaning, um, there was this dude who did uh who 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 generated the hashes, which we'll get to later, but basically made a made a dictionary of every possible password you could have that was a combination of lowercase letters uppercase letters symbols and numbers um in five and a half hours back in 2012 when computers were much slower than they are now um, and that was just some dude like he didn't have anything special that was just some guy that, did that? that was some guy who bought a couple of, a couple of off-the-shelf video cards or graphics cards if you want to call them that um and yes that's what he did with them that's that's not that's not great no no it's not um so again all i want to do here is to keep in mind that if you can do that with non-specialized hardware in 2012 i'll tell you exactly what you can do in 2020 um so i'll quickly explain what hashes are um all hashes are are this uh are a, are a cryptographic algorithm you do not have to remember the word cryptographic just know that its intention is that is it a secure way to take information transform it into something that represents it uh that cannot be reversed okay okay so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a serial number for your password um okay yeah that makes sense sure um the way most password or, or credential leaks happen is that you have a, a leak of your username and a hash that represents your password um, internally websites compare your password uh, not directly but they they hash it and then compare it to the stored one and if those match then you're the same person they let you in um, usually what happens in leaks is that you get a list of these hashes and you might think oh these are probably useless because you can't reverse them yeah. But the algorithms to make hashes, such as a SHA-1 to 256 and all of its variants, um, are open source things that people know how to do. So you could, over time... Reverse engineer. Yes, you can just... You can brute force it, is the word for it, actually. Um, okay. The guy who spent five and a half hours to just brute force all that information was was just creating a, like hashes for every single eight-character password. And that's what you do. Then you just compare that against what you what you've calculated, and you already know what it is because you're the one who calculated that. Um, so you can just find matches. Yes, and it's even faster now because uh, in the case of the SHA uh, hashing algorithm, um, there are instructions 
since 2016 at least. I forget the exact year, but at least since 2016, there are instructions built into your processor. Um, and uh, instructions are just things that your processor knows how to do that are like a faster way to do things. Like the way your video card works, it has instructions that tell it how to paint a picture basically. Um, okay, but, yeah. but CPUs have that further things, including hashing, SHA hashing, meaning the thing that took five and a half hours to do on video cards can now be done probably much faster by CPUs, which are way cheaper. Okay, so... <laughs> it's fear-mongering to hell. No, yeah, I mean, like, that's terrifying. I'm not, I'm not, going, to, I'm not, going, to, I'm not going to say it's not terrifying, because it is. Um, but then I guess the question becomes, as it always sort of becomes on the show, what are you supposed to do about it? Because, like... Who, in 2020, who's really going to keep like a little password managing log book, like physical log book, like people used to in ye olden days? Actually, some of my clients, but um, we've uh, we've since come come uh, we we've since improved since the days of the Neanderthal. We've invented password <laughs> banks. <laughs> password banks. Wait, so like that thing in your browser that just like asks you whenever you imp- input a password if you want to save it and like keeps the keeps keeps track of it for you that thing well yes okay there is no actually no but yes um basically your your browser's password manager is very similar to what i'm trying to describe and it it, it does kind of fall under the same kind of circumstances the issue is one if you're using a, a a browser that is kind of untrustworthy because of who made it aka google chrome remember to listen to our episode on google chrome immediately before <laughs> this one and regardless of which browser you use for that purpose, at the end of the day, you'll be tying all of your passwords to a browser. So if, say, you're using Firefox's password manager and you wanted to log into, like, your bank app, um, would you really want to dig out Firefox to go look for the, your password in there instead of having a dedicated place for it? Okay, yeah, that does sound annoying. So, but if you're not talking about in-browser solutions, then what are you talking about? Oh, other applications, such as our sponsor for the day, LastPass. No, I'm sorry, this is, again, not... Uh, Linus Tech Tips, but we would very much like to see Mr. Tech Tips on our show, isn't that right? I I, I love how we really just committed to calling him Mr. Tech Tips full time. What what's his last name? Sebastian. He has oh, two. No, no. He has two first names. That makes him inherently untrustworthy, and yet I want him on this show so very badly. Ah, uh, same. But <clears throat> LastPass is closer to what I'm talking about. It is a password generating solution that stores all of your passwords and usernames and other credentials um, to each website you need based on their URL. So like they're easily, they're easily grabbed. There's nothing bad about LastPass. Like it's an application that syncs across uh, their own service. They seem dedicated to actually keep taking care of you. The only issue I really have with them is that last year in uh, 2019, for people who aren't listening to this live, live, a lot of air quotes, <laughs> um, uh, in 2019, Google actually revealed that LastPass had a vulnerability that the last used credentials, the last thing you logged into, uh, could be read by other websites. Oh, so like websites could access the login credentials for websites other than like the one other than their own. Yes, precisely. At least for the for the for exactly the last one that was used. So it's not like there was an array of them they could access. Just if you happen to log into something important a second ago, they can tell. That's not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, it isn't great. No, it's not ideal. Um, so as a result, instead of using a um, you know LastPass or another similar service solution you could get, I like to always plug an open source solution. 
so for today, I'm, I'm plugging uh, an application called KeyPass, which is one of my favorites. It's an open source, um, free to use application that stores a password bank in their own little format that can be encrypted with a password of your choice, which, hey, by the way, you should probably pick a good one for this one. Um, yeah, fair enough. It's holding literally right. all of your information. Take it seriously. <laughs> yes. Um, that password bank can be saved to a file. Um, and that file can be on your computer locally, on a cloud service you want to use, or trust, or don't trust. Because again, if the password bank is encrypted, it doesn't actually matter if you put it somewhere untrustworthy because you still can't see what's in it. Okay, yeah, that sounds that sounds really great. Actually, how how hard is it to set up? Um, fairly easily. If you're running a Windows computer, then it's a quick install. If you're running a Linux computer, you know how to do it. And if, if, you're, you're running if, you're running a, if you're running a Linux computer, you chose to use Linux, so you knew what you were getting yourself into. <laughs> While, yes, um, it's very easy to install KeyPass on Linux. It's built into most repositories. Won't get into that today. Um, if you're using macOS, um, there is no KeyPass-made application. There are offshoots, so there's KeyPass X that use the same files, um, so you can still view everything the same. It's just they just don't make a distribution for it directly. Another thing KeyPass has is plugin support. Uh, which is very useful. Uh, you can get plugins that um, let you authenticate the database using other methods, such as with a physical hardware key, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, as well as providing two-factor authentication support. Uh, similar to using an application such as Google Authenticator, you could get your second-factor auth codes and your passwords all from the same place. Is that a super clean segue into our next topic? Because that's not, that was pretty smooth. <laughs> well, yes, it is. Multi-factor authentication. What is it? Well, it's literally just another means of authenticating other than just using your password. And forms you may have seen this in, again, are second-factor authentication. If you've used Google Authenticator um, for anything, that's exactly how it works. Or if you've used that uh, sort of uh, thing that... It's, it's another thing that's becoming more and more commonplace where you have to, like, confirm with a bunch of numbers that were, like, texted to your phone in order to get into, like, your Gmail account or something like that, that's also second-factor authentication. Uh, yes. Uh, but actually, no. Um, while that is absolutely a method to perform uh, a second-factor auth or multi-factor authentication, um, it's not ideal. Uh, SMS, um, the, you know, the technical name for texts, mm -hmm. um, is kind of a terrible way to authenticate. Um, oh, come. I mean, like, the way I, I would think about it is that, like... Unless somebody has your phone, they can't see your text messages, right? So uh, I would actually argue that that is a terrible method to use. Uh, SMS uh, texts are, are, are inherently insecure. Um, pulling it up. Um, for one, um, you're vic you can easily become vic victim to phishing attacks if you're not terribly careful. Um, meaning if someone, you know, you know what a phishing attack is. More or less, but explain it anyway. Fair enough. Um, a phishing attack. Um, when someone attempts to trick you into thinking they're someone else, so you trust them. Yeah. Um, often used to like create fake like bank web pages, so you log into those. But also used in text messages. If someone tells you they need the code from your phone, and it seems to be something you just used, you might fall for it. I don't mean you in particular, but it has happened. Yeah, yeah. Although. Most of those codes literally tell you, don't share these codes with anyone. So I really don't know how people fall for that so commonly, but I know that they do. So you're making a good point. Yes. So ba yeah, 
Um, the other issue is social engineering. Uh, telecom companies are notoriously bad at worrying about your privacy. In our sources, I will link the article. Um, but there has been at least one instance of someone calling up Verizon, pretending to be um, the account owner of some phone number, um, convincing them of that simply by getting public information, such as a birthday or credit card information, like the last four digits or whatever. Oh, jeez. Um, Social engineered their way into getting Verizon to send all of the text messages meant for that SIM card to a new SIM card, um, making that person effectively you if you're using your phone through text messages for a second factor authentication. And then they just have access to, like, all of that. Yes. All of that, all of those accounts. Yes. Yikes. And one more issue with text messages is that they're simply not encrypted. They're insecure. You can, perhaps not you or me. But you can easily spoof a phone number that's texting you. Yeah. Okay. So, authenticator apps? Right. So, authenticator apps. Um, you are definitely familiar with them at this point, probably. Google Authenticator, again, as an example. But there are other ones. Authenticator apps uh, implement something called uh, timed one-time passwords. Meaning um, that the passwords those apps give you are only good for a specific amount of time. And the reason you know, a server you're attempting to log into understands that the code you're giving is valid. It's because they're generating the same numbers as you are on their end using uh, using the passcode you get in the form of a QR code or just some letters and numbers if you can't, uh, if you can't actually uh, scan a QR code. Um, that information converts into a six-digit, 30-second uh, long-lasting temporary passcode. Yeah, and then you... you... I'm assuming that the, the extra layer of security is in the fact that, like, you have... Well, I'm assuming that one of the extra layers of security is the fact that it, it only lasts for 30 seconds. Yes. So um, what that does is prevent things known as replay attacks, meaning if, if someone has captured the packets you use to log in, so, like, the very base of what you're sending, that means what you're sending to computers, packets. Um, mm -hmm. If someone send the, sends those packets again, uh, they can effectively just log in because... You know, it's the same request that the website wanted in the first place. It's a login with your password and with your with your username and password. Um, but with timed one-time passwords, um, that information is invalid in 30 seconds. So unless someone is staring you down, somehow has access to your encrypted traffic already, and is literally sitting there waiting for you to press enter so they can do it too, you're probably fine. They're not getting in. Yeah. Um, so those are those are those are timed one-time passwords. So there are also physical solutions. There's something called a hardware key, um, which similar to timed one-time passwords will will give you a code on a little fob that you can read that will do the same thing. Yes, I see the look on your face. No one else does. That sounds like something out of a spy movie. Like just to be perfectly honest with you. Sometimes spy movies are accurate. Sometimes. Fair, fair enough. Not Kingsman. Not Kingsman. You should watch Kingsman though. You should watch a sequel with <laughs> me later. Um, yeah. Um, but there are other solutions. Um, one of them is, a, is a, a U2F security key. A common brand that you may have heard of is YubiKey, an open standard. It's a little USB flash drive looking thing that when you plug it in, it supplies its own unique identifier um, as part of the authentication chain. So if you're logging into something, you slap in your YubiKey, you put in your password, the web browser will likely detect your key, pass along its information, and you're in. Some U2F security keys also have NFC. If you perhaps need to authenticate on your phone, you just tap the key to the back of your phone and you're good to go. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that is cool. I think it's cool, actually. It's also like a physical device. So like it literally, it's not 
It's not on some cloud where it can be hacked. Like it, it, it's a physical device that you own. Yes. Um, however, like many things, um, once you, yes, but uh, as, a, as a fair warning, like many things that can be stolen, you can steal a key, a physical key, but you can't steal a password out of your head. That's always the benefit. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and it's also important to keep note that you can combine methods. Um, for example, some websites let you do a second factor authentication, like timed one-time password and a YubiKey and a password, in case you're that paranoid. There are plugins for KeyPass um, that let you use all of these methods just to authenticate your password bank in the first place. And I always think that's a really lovely idea. So you can build an impenetrable fortress of all of your passwords. Yes. Well, of course, there's always the one weakness being you. Um, as, as I'm sure the NSA would tell you, it might be hard to crack a password, but it's not hard to crack a bone. Well, on that note, <laughs> uh, that's all the time we have for today. Um, not a lot of pushback from me this episode. Uh, frankly, these are things that I feel like I've wanted to get set up for a very long time. I, I, I was one of those people who hopped on second factor authentication as soon as it started being a thing that like websites started encouraging you to use. Um, and hey, free open source password bank. Like that sounds great to me. These sounds these with the amount of leaks that happen online just all of the time these days. Um, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to be secure so that's that's just sort of how i see it and um and why i'm not really a, a fighting jade on this one um but thank you guys for listening to our episode um as always we are live at 7 30 p.m est on instagram at tech thoughts podcast the edt currently oh come on et east <laughs> et go home um <laughs> um uh, that's where we do our after show, uh, where we talk about the show um, and just sort of like interact with our audience. Uh, we would love to see you guys there. Um, and as always, if you want to keep track of stuff about the podcast when we're n- when you're not listening to the podcast, our website is <sighs> breadnet.xyz <laughs> slash podcast. I spelt it earlier. Go find it. <laughs> Uh, and our topic next week is encryption, right, Jake? Yes, our next episode will be on encryption. Um, so now you'll understand what when I keep flinging around the word encryption like it makes things better, you'll know why it makes things better. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, hope to catch you all then. Bye. Bye-bye.